Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Outstanding coverage by the Times today, with one minor exception, but we won't go into that now. Uh, Stuart, is that my piece? No, Stuart, um, is that my piece? No. <laughs> well, we leveled it down now. You're warm. Poor old Arthur's getting hammered. No. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Ruck. Welcome to all our downloaders, all our listeners. We love you very dearly, and thanks uh, in particular for all the reaction to our podcast with Sam Warburton last week very very warming you flooded onto all forms of social media and uh, even people we met in the street had seen it thank you very much indeed what a weekend it was this weekend England play New Zealand Wales play Australia Ireland play Argentina Scotland play Fiji and France play South Africa could hardly be any less intense than last weekend England fans out there you've got a perfect right to celebrate a dramatic win in a dramatic game but we're going to hear from our panel now as to how excited we should be. Sarah Mopford's on the panel from Rugby World for two reasons. A, she's really good and authoritative. And B, she spent all of Saturday moaning that we hadn't had her on this week. <laughs> Every five minutes. So what's he doing on? You had him on before me. You had him on before me. We've just got the hint that she wanted to come on. Welcome, Sarah Mockford. Woohoo! God, um, I sound desperate. Uh, Stuart Barnes has just been to a Bob Dylan ex- exhibition, Stuart? Yeah, Bob Dylan exhibition of um, his uh, lyrics and some sketches with them. Mm-hmm. Affordable, not. Okay, what was the, what do they cost? Well, between 95 and 150,000. Right. Did you, yeah. put, did you put your name down? Well, uh, blown in the wind. It was not my favourite song, but it would look, hang pretty well. Okay. Did it? Is he, has he got one of Johnny Wilkinson's drop goal? He has, hasn't he? <laughs> has Bob got one? Yeah, he, Bob. Bob Dylan did one of Johnny Wilkinson's drop goal. Bob's actually got the, the the photo, the original, hanging on his wall. He's a big fan of England. Also, we're joined, as you may have guessed, by Owen Slot, the rugby correspondent of the Times, and perfectly understandable for England euphoria. Uh, how much euphoria did you feel um, from your standpoint as an England commentator? Euphoria is not really a word that I'm, I'm very comfortable with, Steve. But I think if you put yourself in the shoes of the England management, which is the key thing here, then I think you've got every right to be extremely pleased. I know South Africa did have some key players missing. When, when you've got the front rowers and back rowers out that England had, when you've had the 2018 that they've had, not just the results, but the way they played, this was a game they simply had to win. In the end, I thought England scrapped 
really hard in the second half. They should have been out of sight in the first half. They should have been done and dusted, but they weren't. And they came back and they took their opportunity. And I thought they played some pretty good rugby in the second half. So I'd be pleased if I was Eddie Jones. Sarah, slightly guarded, but fairly enthusiastic from Stuart there. What did you think? After that first half, I was amazed England were only two points within the lead and then to win that game was pretty remarkable really the dominance that South Africa had obviously all the talk's been about the incident at the end with Owen Farrell whether it should have been a penalty I'm not convinced Pollard would have kicked it anyway given where it was on the pitch and he just missed one before but I think it's a very significant win for England it takes the pressure off in an autumn where everyone's been talking about if they lose three is Eddie going to go at the end which is quite ridiculous because I don't know who they'd bring in anyway Oh, in, in my opinion I've never seen a game in which the winner of the game was so devastatingly beaten in the uh, in all forms of all parts of the pitch by the scoreboard uh, than last Saturday What what was your view on the final whistle did you think how the hell did they get away with that I was just absolutely astonished that England won that I mean they they shouldn't have won it they should have been 20 points down at half time I rewatched the second the, the, sorry the first half twice actually because it's being described as as this great kind of Rourke's drift type uh, effort from from England but but actually it, yeah they 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 showed spirit and character and you can't you can't deny that but but actually the the Springboks they blew f- four good mm. chances I mean they had they had they had four lineouts uh, on on the five metre line. They, blew, they they messed up two of them and overthrew two of them. Uh, they should have got at least two of those. It, it was it was astonishing that they didn't win it in the first half. And brilliant of England to come back in the second half. And and I agree with Barnsley. There were bits in the second half when you're watching England going, there is actually something happening here. If any any candidate for the utter ridiculous nonsense play of all time it must have been the first play in the second half by South Africa they've been dominant in the scrum they remain dominant throughout including the one where they were staggeringly penalized for for wheeling the scrum the first scrum of the second half I I thought all South Africa do is scrum 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 they put the ball in they hooked it they let the ball go across the backs. They put, made two ridiculous miss passes, ended up with the wing 20 yards behind the scrum, and we thought, hang on, boys, they may be a great side, but they got no brain. Stuart, for you, what changed and what individuals lifted themselves or came on to, to make a difference? Can I just add to that briefly before the individuals? I agree, they were tactically terrible, and it goes all the way through that second half, right up to the fact that New Zealand aren't the only Southern Hemisphere team who've forgotten about the value of a three-point drop goal. They were in the pocket. Pollard's a wonderful kicker of the ball. No one took responsibility. Just on that line-out, Malcolm Marks, you've got to slam him for his throw-in. You know, he's on the World Rugby shortlist for player of the year. He's blown that. Peter Steftatoy calls the line-outs. Why do you just not call to Etzebet at the front with that drive they've got or go to the middle? Terrible call. And you have to say, you know, over the years, that's the corner where I've given Chris Robshaw a real old hammering for bad decision-making. I won't have to say, Sio Khaleesi, as the captain, didn't overrule his man. There was nobody in that South African team making a good decision. And that goes all the way through to Razzie Erasmus, who should have sub-marks earlier. They made a real mess for England, the bloke who capitalised on South Africa's ineptitude, I thought, was Mark Wilson. He carried with more dynamism than we expected, uh, but I thought he was very accurate over the ball. And I, I thought it was wonderful to see a bloke from the northeast because they don't seem to get a sniff of the England thing. And I just thought, here's a sort of a, a, a 
speeded up Dean Richards here, which is a compliment from me. It is, and that Geordie point is a very good point. I think Jimmy Nail should be brought in for the for the uh, New Zealand can game. We, it's actually, can we? Can I? Can I jump in here? That's a broadcasting term. Can Look, I? Jump Sarah's going to get stroppy in a minute. Okay, Sarah, is he is he a Geordie? Because he comes from Kendall, which makes him a, a Cumbrian or a. That's the other side, isn't it? Yeah, he plays there. That'll do. Or he plays for a Geordie club. Yeah. Sarah, um, I'm attemp- attempting to ask you who impressed you in the England team and who turned it round for the men in white. OK, I'm not saying that he turned it round, but the person that I left thinking, cool, that was made a real difference was Chris Ashton. I know he was only on for 10, 15 minutes, but he suddenly, as soon as he came on, he was tracking play really well. He was sparking um, more creative moves than we'd seen from England throughout the game. And for me, that's a real question. Now, I'm not Johnny May and um, Jack now both played very well. But does Chris Ashton get a chance against New Zealand? Personally, I think Elliot Daly was not very good at fullback. He didn't dominate under the high ball and he butchered two chances when he should have passed. I mean, I've heard a couple of people say he did a very good impression of Mike Brown. Well, well, I think that's unfair on Mike Brown, actually. Mike Brown played really well in South Africa. Let's let's be fair. The two Springbok wings, whatever their strengths and weaknesses, they were magnificently athletic in chasing the high ball and, and catching it. I mean... And, they and also, also targeted uh, Daly, didn't they? I mean, it, it, yes, they did. They, 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 uh, uh, Pollard put four kicks on Daly in the side the first quarter, yeah. and Daly looked quite rattled. I thought. Uh, and he, I think he was. Poor, I think that might be a problem. If he that. was poor at fullback in South Africa as well. In fact, he was worse than poor. And whilst fullback and wing, it's sort of part of the field where you have to have uh, the same skills. Fullback is the sort of managerial position, and I, I, I just I still see Daly as that guy coming off the wing, tracking, picking up loose bits and pieces. I don't think that he manages that team, and I think I just say the one guy in the back three who really turned it round for England was Johnny May. And Sarah's talking about Ashton. The one guy you can't drop is May, who I think week in week out is England's best player in terms of consistency. Just briefly, Sarah, would you play Ashton at fullback instead of uh, Daly? against New Zealand it's a big call given that he hasn't played that much test rugby for however many years the ruck's all about big calls come on Sarah come on yeah what? I would, I would. Okay. Okay. because New Zealand have got what, the best um, kicker out of hand probably in the world in Bowden Barrett he mixes up very well he will have mm. watched that game and thought right if Elliot Daly's there I'm going to pepper him uh, did you watch Ashton when he played fullback for Toulon last season he not as much as you really? you're going to tell me it's really bad which was the and game with the kick the ga- do you remember the game that that oh when he had game. to clear it yeah, yeah when he, ki- when he made it a clearance a- kick and it went backwards but is it a game where you actually bring Mike Brown back in because he is so much more reliable under the high ball well I wouldn't be surprised if that happens uh, it's Steve just having a coronary so, 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 so there, Mike Steve? Brown's had all those chances he stayed on after not, not hardly making one uh, concerted move from the back with his wings and after 47 games he goes and Daly has one game two well, he's no four. he's two. played all he's South played, played, played a bit no, but Daly, yeah, keep Daly. We're only talking about one football here, Hang and, on that, and it's not Brown. I'm not saying drop Daly, but do you move him somewhere else? Like, do you move him onto the wing to say yeah. instead of now, or do you move, put him no, at 13? I think this is well, Sam Burgess as well. Do you want him back? No, you can't. No. You can't play. Why do you even play him at 13? Henry Slade has done everything asked of him really well. So you want to drop Henry Slade when he's just developing into a really good player? You're a brew. Have you got a thing against Exeter? But, but oh, this, oh, sounds like, this, this is a concern because we've been debating Mike Brown and, and his um, inadequacies. Is that's not that's not he's he's not he's not the player he was. He's not an international fullback anymore. I think we've we've just said that enough times. And Eddie has now he he had Anthony Watson there twice in the Six Nations, yeah, yeah. and and he, he didn't. 
particularly nail it. So now Watson's injured and he's got Daly playing there, and he hasn't done it yet either. Us chin strokers, we we would all put money on Watson or Daly having done the job, and the, and they have neither have, neither have done it. Owen, oh, can we just move on to South Africa briefly? Yes. Um, they had a great first half. Malcolm Marks, uh, it is very difficult. Oh, you love Malcolm there, there Marks. Was, there was, I do love him. There was one time where Ed Smith went to the tail of the line, of the line out. He's six foot ten. He's very liftable. They stuck him up into the sky, and Marks still threw it over his head, which is makes you think he should go in for the javelin. But once he sorts that out, he is a fantastic player. They seem to have sorted their selection selection out. Um, thought the back row was very good. They've obviously got Faf de Klerk, and they've got uh, Willie Leroux to come back. This is a surely a team with potential, win or lose last Saturday. And in my opinion, more potential than England. After the game, uh, John Smith, the uh, former um, Springbok captain, a World Cup winning captain, uh, apparently threw his arms up in the air and, and said, said, OK, so England have won this, but which team would you rather take to the World Cup? Hmm. On the back of that game, I would rather go with the Springboks. Stuart, if uh, FAF had been playing, then I've no doubt they would have won. No, of course. Um, Stuart, uh, Dale Endy and Creel... Um, they, they they've sort of reformed a partnership that from a few years ago. Yeah. My goodness, they played some nice stuff. Uh, Damien Dalende was was outstanding, and I think you know had South Africa won, I'd have gone for him as man of the match without a shadow of doubt. Um, he caused Teo a great deal of problem. Um, he's always been a strong bloke, but what he's added is is a bit of footwork. And it, the other guy um, is Pollard. He threw one or two missed passes that he shouldn't have, but he's a lovely, elegant player. And if that South Africa pack churn out quicker ball, he's he's a major threat. So they've got a decent midfield there. I think their back three is coming on well. They miss as we we, we criticise Daly, and of course they also miss Villarreal quite badly. Damien Valemsa is a good player. He's one for the future, but he's an impact player. Larue is a is a manager and an organizer. So from South Africa though, the big issue is decision making, and it's all well and good. John Smith saying. Who would you rather have in the World Cup? But England have got blokes to come back as well. And I have to yes. say that I feel that South Africa's decision-making has been very ropey for four games. So we're all saying, isn't Razzie wonderful? But they're blowing games that they could win, and they're doing it spectacularly. If you put the clerk back in that team, then you have an organiser and a boss. Oh, and, yeah. Hmm. And South Africa lost that game to New Zealand when they took the clerk off. But, but, but hang on, Owen, uh, the clerk's job as well is to put the forwards in the right place to win the game. Now, we can't argue that he couldn't have done that anymore because they were there so yeah, much. Yeah. And they they couldn't it. have been so, any closer. So the halfbacks did the job for the pack. People say forwards win games, back to side by how much. That's rubbish. Your strategy puts you in the right place. And then if you've got a monster pack, they'll go five metres. They were in the right place and they blew it. So, so I'm not taking that to Clerk thing. I'm just going to uh, go on now oh, to, well. to the England-New Zealand, which is obviously a monumental game. Eddie was talking this morning, Owen, in your paper, that they, they can can they win it? He said, yes, 100%, mate. And um, Sarah... <laughs> he always says 100%, mate. mate. <laughs> uh, we'll come to you, just you, to you all briefly, to for, to pick your personal teams for the, the New Zealand game. I, I just make two changes. I change the, the the running order of the props. I, I play yeah. Moon to start mm. and Hepburn afterwards because I think, I think that's well the way around. That. And I would play Sinclair's a great a great bench man. I'd bring Harry Williams in to start. I would make other changes, but I don't think he will. Sarah, you've got. Ashton I thought you Fulback. were going to bring um, 
George in for Hartley. I said I would make other changes, but I don't think that they will. That is definitely something I do, but I don't think they will. But this pr- is about our opinion, isn't it, rather than what we no, think I'm Eddie will do? I'm always very shy yes, with opinions. Sarah, I'm that's shy why with we've opinions. got her on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Our opinion. Well, what's your opinion? You, you, you've got Ashton fullback. What are the changes? Oh, I'm now after all that conversation. I'm rethinking my Ashton at fullback, but I think that you need someone to create something, and uh, you know, I'll stick with that. Okay. Stick with Nowell and May on the wings, I agree. May, currently it's exclusive interview in Rugby World this month with Johnny May, if you want to read it. Um, but he'd Good. stay on the wing. Great um, I'd probably start Danny Kerr or Richard Wigglesworth. If their gate game on um, Saturday was all about box kicking, Ben Youngs in that first half did not do it very well. He was giving them loads of space to... the. South Africa that back three lots of time to run it back the chase wasn't correct until the second half it did improve in the second half mm-hmm. but if that is your game plan Richard Wigglesworth is probably the best person in the premiership doing that hang on we can save time here which ones would you keep oh. <laughs> No, that's fair enough. I think you make a very good point. Do you think England will box kick to death on Saturday? I mean, will will they do that thing? Uh, Well, if they do, they they need to do it better. Over and over. They'll they'll do it slightly differently. I think Ben Young's Sarah actually um, wasn't looking for everyone to be one. There's that shallower kick and the longer one, and. Youngs did that because he doesn't want to go back with a 15-metre pass to take all that distance out of it. So I think he's kicking it quite long and thinking, come on then, run at us, thinking that Nkosi and Deante love to have a go. Valemza's got a reputation for doing that. I think that England were trying to test them. But I do, don't does think... that work against the All Blacks? Oh, Steve, no, no, no. You ha- Against New Zealand, you have to box kick well. Now, Wigglesworth is the best box kicker, but I just... It, it doesn't... It doesn't just translate from club to country like this. Also, I just um, think England are really, really average at recycling their own box kicks. I mean, hmm. I don't know. Someone should work out the percentage, but it's very poor. What the amount of t- ball they get back? T- tell us if you were Eddie Jones, Owen. What? Sorry, if you were Owen Slot, I should say. Who, which changes? Oh, you are Owen Slot. If I was Slotty, Owen how many Slot, changes would you make this weekend? I agree with you on the props, and I think mm. he will change that. I understand why he did it. Um, why he put his runners on first uh, first up against Saturday on Saturday against South Africa and I think he'll swap that um, I wouldn't change anything else apart from uh, I, Brad Shields has not uh, really done it for me yet which is a bit of a crass thing to say because he's only played two and a half test matches so maybe you should stick with him and, and, and he'll learn it but I, I would have preferred Michael Rhodes there from the start yeah. and Huge um, question, uh, Michael. Happy, happy to be proven wrong on that, but um, and I would you start I, Underhill if Curry's ruled out? Yes, really against New Zealand because New Zealand don't like tackling machines who just keep smashing and smashing and smashing. They really don't. I, I think he's limited in his game, but I think he suits them. And I think the other one we haven't mentioned is Zach Mercer. Mercer came oh, on, yeah. and Mercer was really good. And whilst you need, I think you need a back row, Wilson's your sort of all-round bits and pieces, man. If Curry's not right, and i got to say, I thought Curry fell off a lot of tackles while he was on the pitch. He got, you didn't, I, I, I thought you he didn't was, just think that, Barnsley, he, he, you, you, it was, he, he fell off loads of He did, did. Yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, and that was a worry, so I would think Underhill, even if he was fit. Uh, and I think Mercer, because you've got to remember, New Zealand play their their game is based around speed and athleticism. And I know it was a debut for Mercer, but he has looked really good all season. And we talk about, you know, I was at Wasp versus Bath in the second round of the uh, Heineken Champions Cup, and Zach Mercer played uh, Brad Shields off the park. He's a better player. 
World Cup's one year away. Why are you looking for Shields? We do know what he can do. We know what he does in Super Rugby. He's a good player surrounded by brilliant players. I don't think he's the man. Okay, I could. You, put, uh, you could put Mercer. You could have. Um you Mercer at six. Of, uh, you can have Mercer at six. Yeah, that's Wilson what I'm thinking. In. Yeah, I, I agree that I'm afraid I've never thought that uh, Curry's a great young lad, but nowhere near for me at the moment. I'm sure he will be one day, but oh, we uh, have it's, to now. It's premature. But we have did, to plug your friend Sam now, then, don't we? Well, okay. the, the New Times columnist oh, yeah, he did, yeah. in his column on Saturday, he yeah. said he was a, he was a great fan of Tom Curry. Exactly, and, and he also said, which I thought I was knew we shouldn't have had that fool Warburton on no, the but podcast. What, what does he know anyway about exactly, sevens? Yeah. Sevens, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to know Barnsley on open side flankers, <laughs> not bloody Warburton. But um, uh, but but can we carry on saying what Sam Warburton said, please? We, yes, of course you can. We, because he he said that his England back row that he would like wanted them to pick was um was not just. Curry in there, but Underhill as well. He wanted the pair of them, hmm. uh, you know, the old the two sevens, the the the, the pooper type thing. What would you what do you call? Well, that? that's what Wales well, has done tip, successfully. Tip, 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 yeah. It's fair. Pro- if Sam says it, then we probably have to agree with him because no. he's Sam. No, we have to. No, have to. no he's no. Sam. Sam, yeah, but Sam now in this journalism thing, he needs to get sort of he needs to roll up his sleeve and get his hands dirty a bit. You know, he's he's very nice at the moment. Okay. Show me hands, everybody. All right, they're all hey, dirty. Filthy. Well done. Um, the All Blacks. Is there uh, on Sunday? Um, I read a piece. In fact, I wrote it, um, <laughs> saying um, that the All Blacks, current All Blacks, are the greatest sporting team in history. And I and I provided some statistics, which is unusual for me. Um, I added them up myself. I added them up myself to, to, to back that up. Have England got a chance, Sarah? Great. Come to me first. Every every for. team has a chance, but I would say it's a a very slim one. Could it all go really badly wrong, uh, Stuart? Because if the, if they do start playing well, if they get in the groove, you know what they can do. You're a big yeah. fan of their attacking play. I am. They were incredibly lucky in Pretoria. I thought they played some pretty rugby in Japan against Australia, but they lacked an intensity. Um, and it wasn't a full team, but they leaked 31 points against Japan. By New Zealand standards, they're quite vulnerable, and they often are at this stage of the year. They also, they also, at the back of their mind, they might just be thinking Dublin one week later. It's hard to see them winning, but I think this could be a, quite a tight game. Owen, oh, the, the, the idea Stuart's just raised of, of the All Blacks possibly losing twice, or at least there's a possible yeah, outside chance. Yeah, they'll be chance. having to get away with one, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, uh, well, that, I suppose it's possible, but do you think England, I mean, what a great win it would be for England and we'd forget a lot of the last year if they did win. Are they any chance? How many Lions are playing for England on Saturday? We, well, there's, a, there's a handful of Lions, aren't there? Mm. So they went there and they saw it and experienced it and they also knew what would really rattle the All Blacks, which is fast up defence as quickly as you could go, give them no, give them no time whatsoever. Uh, and the All Blacks didn't like that in um, Wellington or Auckland second time round, did they? Didn't mm. like it. Didn't like it in Pretoria either. Yeah, uh, same a month thing. ago. Yeah. And, and until South Africa lost their defensive intensity, New Zealand was smashed backwards and they were out of the game. South Africa slowed down a little bit and then bang, they went yeah. again. It's okay. too easy to say that there's that there is a blueprint because it's easy because yeah. it's not so easy to pull that off. Can, but, can, can but I, that's to say it's a it's a pattern though, isn't it? Yeah. Can I? Can you get your hands dirty now? I just want. Uh, a winner and by a certain number of points. Everybody knows it's difficult to do. We don't even know what the teams are, but we're going to be brave and get our hands dirty. Sarah, give us a winner and by a point. New Zealand by eight. Eight. Stuart? What? You think there's a chance, but nothing more than that, and it's only eight you're going? 
Yeah, because it's at home. I don't. I still don't think England are going to win. Okay. Hands, dirty hands, bands. Well, I think it's going to be New Zealand by three. I, I think uh, I'll go longer. I'm, I'm New Zealand by twelve. And I'll go. And I'll go fourteen. We're going to talk about some other international matches now. Sarah, we come to you first. <laughs> um, <laughs> with you. <laughs> Wales and Wales and Scotland. Uh, it looked like a reasonable win for Wales. What What was at the heart of it? What was behind it? Defence. Well, the Welsh defence was very, very good, and notably, Scotland's midfield defence was at crucial times non-existent. Yeah. Hugh Jones fell off George North, who then ran through about three Scotland players to score, like classic George North. Been missing from him for the last couple of years. And Jonathan Davis, uh, trademark handoff on Hugh Jones, and again, a nice try. But oh. they it was basically their defence, because in the second half, Scotland did start to play a lot better. They had In the last 15 minutes, they had quite a lot of possession. They could have... Peter Horn actually went over the line, but dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. with a nice interplay with his brother George which they'd done in the Pro 14 the week before actually to George Horn chipping over and they dropped it then did they? no they, they scored it. that time but well, this could... in the test match when it mattered you shouldn't drop they it dro- should you? Yeah, well it was an awkward but he sort of like looked like he grounded it but it was it was ruled a knock on by the TMO ok just um, just a, a quick word about Ireland Italy Sarah will come to you first <laughs> what, 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 did you, what did you make of the Ireland Italy game I mean it was I mean, a bit of a not nothing game I should say that I don't agree with any of these games being played to start with outside the international window I mean yeah, yeah. Ireland and Italy mm. have both they've gone all the way to Chicago Italy have got a massive game against Georgia this weekend if they lose that all the whole promotion relegation debate about Six Nations is going to get louder Ireland have mm. Got building up for a game against New Zealand. They left their key players at home. I just think these are a bit... It's too much screaming, let's make well, some money. I, I understand at last that there is a move to, to go there Then that uh, Regulation 9 will only apply in the window and there'll be no games out the window. Let's just move on to another huge game on the weekend, Wales-Australia. Owen, um, Wales cannot beat Australia. In fact, they're the only team at the moment who can't. But, I mean, if Wales are genuinely... On the rise, surely that is one of the biggest games they've played for a long time. But how many times have Wales played Australia and we've gone, oh, this time they're going to have to beat them, or this is the biggest... I, I, I agree with you, this is their biggest game against Australia, and I think mm. they should win, and Wales seem to have a lot, most of their personnel available, and the Wallabies <laughs> are about as low as they've ever been. I mean, I, yeah. I can't remember when the Wallabies were this low. So Whether Checker keeps his job is, is another question, etc. So, so this is the time to get them. Stuart, uh, huge game in Paris, France, South Africa. We've seen, or we think we've seen, France uh, improving slightly. We think that South Africa, if they had had a footballing brain, might be dangerous. Mm. I mean, that is got the makings of a of a great Test match, surely. In Britain, we're looking at those games in Cardiff and Twickenham, and understandably so. But on a global context, that game is quite important. Uh, England certainly will be interested in it because France are in their pool. Uh, it's an amazing thing because New Zealand gave them a fair few humpings on the scoreboard uh, in the summer, but France played some good rugby. Um, they got problems uh, at, at ten still, but if if Lopez is fit and at full tilt come next year, I think they've got a, a, a very good team. I, I think France have definitely turned a corner. Yes, South Africa are a good team if they can find a rugby brain, but that's one of the biggest ifs in the canon of the sport, you know. you know, It's very easy to be big, strong and fast. It's not very easy to have guys who make good decisions. Pollard's got to step up. I fancy this is a game that, that, that France can win well uh, and I think they can put down a little bit of a marker going into um, 
the rest of this year and, and 2019. Okay, uh, we're just going to a break. After the break, we'll be speaking to Sarah Hunter. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the rack. Good morning, Sarah Hunter, the England women's captain. Good morning. Say hello to oh. the England captain, everybody. Hello, Skipper. Hello, Skip. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Sarah, you're um, just building up now for the first of your autumn internationals. We'd like to know, first of all, um, how things are going. Met quite a number of new faces in the team. Are you all happy and most people fit? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, really looking forward to, to getting out there for our autumn campaign, obviously. We didn't. We had a summer off, so we haven't been together since uh, the Six Nations. So, yeah, itching at the bit to, to get out there. And like you say, we've got got some new faces um, that hopefully will will get their shot at pulling on the um, the white shirt. And they they deserve it. Obviously, they've played well in um, the Premier Fifteens, and we're now looking to twenty twenty one. So this is really the start of finding out who's going to be there and giving opportunity to to players who are inexperienced or who haven't got who haven't been capped yet at senior level and uh, the, the three games have been taken uh, well since all around the country is, but I mean the first one on Friday is at Alliance Park home of Saracens then you're going up north Castle Park and uh, Doncaster and then the big one at home against Ireland you must be looking forward first of all to playing up in the north yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, obviously, being from the northeast, um, going and playing an international game in the north is is pretty special. Um, and I think it, it's a really good move by the the RFU. We've seen how well France do it in the women's game by moving the game around the country and and really drawing on the the, the local support. and And rugby's really thriving in um, in Yorkshire women and girls game. So I think it's a, a really smart um, smart decision by them to take a hopefully get a new audience, create a fan base, so hopefully we can we can keep growing growing the game. And um, the, the, the opposition, USA, Canada, Ireland, it's very difficult to know what stage of their development they will be at. Do you have any clues, or are you going to treat them all equally, or, or what? 
Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. Obviously, the USA is at first. They played New Zealand at the weekend, so we'll have a little bit um, of information to, to go on them because uh, I think Rob Kane, the former Saracens um, women's head coach, has gone over there um, in a new role as head coach, and it'll be interesting to see what he's taken and how he's um, starting to shape, um, I think, what's a new look USA side. Uh, they've got a lot of new faces in, so at least they've had a game that we can hopefully have a little look over and see what what they've um, what they're going to be like. And then again, Canada. I think almost at this stage, uh, they we obviously played them last year and they had new faces, but I think they've obviously had a year together and they no doubt will have got stronger and um, have improved uh, since the autumn test last last year as well. And then Ireland to to finish with. Um, Whenever we play Ireland, they'll always raise their game um, against us, especially at, at Twickenham. Um, I think there's a, a few new faces in their squad as well. So um, I think three years out from a from a World Cup, you you, you see coaches starting to to give people an opportunity to know that if they are going to play in a World Cup, they have to be given time to feel what international rugby is like and build up the caps and the experience that you need at a World Cup. So. Uh, it'll be interesting series. Um, a lot of unknown, but we'll we'll take each game as it comes, and we'll we'll have a real focus and emphasis on on what we're trying to do and how we're trying to build over over the next three years. Sarah, for the first time in almost well, decades, it seems like you'll have neither Danielle Waterman n- nor Rocky Clark in the team, yeah. um, which is a huge amount of experience. It's no doubt put pressure on the on the leaders that are still there, but. Have you got the same sort of characters coming through as, as those two to take their places? Obviously, there's a huge characters on and off the pitch, not only for their playing ability and their leadership, but the nature of the, the people that they are and what they bring to the to the squad. And I think you, you see new people and new characters come through and you look at sort of props and you look at your Sarah Burns and your Hannah Bottomans who are, who are young up-and-coming um, uh, front row players that I have no doubt that with time um, they'll be able to, to grow into the characters that that Rochelle Clark was. And then you, you look at Nonny Waterman and, and people like your, your Abby Dows of, of the world who just need a bit of time, their characters and themselves, they'll, they'll hopefully bring a different dimension. But now sort of Nolly and uh, Rocky have, have retired and and moved on to things new. It gives it gives an opportunity for these young players to come through and go. I've now got um, a mark in the sand that I have to to meet, and I have to sort of to push on from from here. They they can't live in their shadows for forever. Uh, we just all wish you and and the team Red Roses all the very best for the rest of the season, especially for USA. Canada and Ireland and thanks very much for spending time to talk to us today Sarah No problem anytime, thank you so much I'm going to ask the panel for their God or Goddess of the Week, it's a much coveted award and um, I will have the final say today because um, I'm in charge, so uh, Sarah we'll go to you first Your God or Goddess of the Week just to throw a couple of Irish people in the mix, Jordan Lama obviously scored a hat-trick and Tyg Byrne, he should start against Argentina this weekend, he's been brilliant for them. Outside of the test window, Jersey scored a phenomenal try this weekend. Thief. I thought we were sharing it. <laughs> so they attacked from behind their own line, under pressure from London Irish. 
I'm really apologising for this to this guy because I don't know how you pronounce his first name. But all guy Slowick scored the try. He then scored a winner about the third minute of injury time to give them a famous win over London Irish. The Exiles' first defeat of the Green King Championship so, season. So, guy Slowick, I don't think he's been in contention this season yet. He's but not a weekly contender, if, is if he? If anyone has seen, not Apparently seen he's that... he's frustrated about that. If anyone has not seen the Jersey try, is, give it a look. It was a great, great uh, try. Stuart, God or Goddess? I mean, it wasn't a game, was it, at Twickenham for unbelievable performances, and it certainly wasn't from the useless officials. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with our Cumbrian Geordie. Very good. I'm going to go with Mark Wilson. A lot of people said, is he really going to do it at eight? He did do it at eight. Yeah, Mark Wilson. Owen? Well, I'd like to take us back to St. Helier. St. Peter, St. actually. What? St. Peter, that's St. the Peter, name of the St. Peter, it's not St. Helier. <laughs> <laughs> is St. Peter in Helier? Well, St. the ground's in St. Peter, because I did something on Twitter about it, and I got berated for getting the wrong part of Jersey. Right. I'm, I'm Jersey okay. dunce, well, so let's go I'm helping well, then, you. Isn't it? How do you know I didn't want to go to St Helier anyway? Maybe something else happened there. Can you take us back to Jersey? Or is it Guernsey? I'll now take us back to the Green King Championship. So, at the start of this amazing move, the ball came out, out of the, it was it, came, it shot out of the scrum, behind the scrum half, so the poor fella, Will Homer, he, you know, he was under a lot of pressure, he was behind his own try line. He makes Blair Cowan look an absolute fool, doesn't he? Blair Cowan's fumbling around on the floor while Will Homer dances around him. Then he runs round the back of his posts, and you're going, come on, man, you can't be serious. And then he launches this move. He takes two people with him, does the offload, and away they go, which finishes with our friend Orgai scoring this amazing try. But it would, but Will Homer was the creator of it, so Will Homer is my God of the Week. Friend. OK, well, in that case, I don't need the casting vote because I, as much as I've seen that, uh, my, that glorious try... I'm going to go with my contemporary, Stuart Barnes. Love it when people from uh, are brought up by Newcastle Falcons. Now, there's no uh, great rugby schools here. We, we, we represented uh, Bradfield College, two from Basic School and one from Heathfield Community College. So we don't have any of that Eaton and Harrow stuff here. But I just think it's lovely when they come up a slightly different way and play with magnificent courage and guts. I hope Mark Wilson stays in the team. So, officially, just pipping all guy. Mark Wilson is the god of the week. Thank you for listening to The Ruck today. It's um, Remembrance Sunday coming up. It is absolutely stunning how many uh, people from the rugby community died in the two world wars. I remember reading a book about Yorkshire rugby, and uh, Yorkshire rugby was decimated because they all joined in under the under the in pals regiments rugby clubs joined as joined as one and uh, at the end of the first world war i think almost half yorkshire rugby clubs could never reform because they had so many died so uh just we can just remember uh in remembering everyone else at remembrance sunday uh the contribution that uh, rugby players um uh, made and how many were lost thanks a million for listening to the ruck We'll be back next week. Uh, the way things are going, Sarah will probably be here again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.